The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey, hunting junkies, and welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Onyx Hunt app. That's right. I'm wearing the shirt. You go, boy. <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's an app and it's a shirt. That app is stupidly good. I mean, I it just got to say that. I love that app. It's legit. It's the it's voice legit. of Mark Drury right there. It's legit. That's right. We have Mark Drury for those listeners that haven't seen this magical voice. <laughs> <laughs> I tap into that app and DeerCast. I mean, those are my favorite too, obviously. And it's it's so beneficial, both of them. Well, I was telling Mark, I was sitting at a, a barbecue at my neighbor's house this past weekend and the, somebody moved in behind them and there were some markers there. Somebody had come and, and you know, some surveying, guess, surveyed yeah. and was going to put a fence in. And they're like, there's no way that that goes to, you know, where it was going. It was way further further down than they they had all thought. And I was like, oh, let me well, pull up. Actually, I got an app for that. So I pulled it up and it, and I said, now granted, this is within, I think, a couple feet, you know, yeah. accuracy. And it was pretty much dead on. And then the, they're like, what is that? I'm like, this is a app, magic app. This is an app that we used all fall. It's, it's pretty awesome. it's pretty magical. And I I used it uh here on a recent bow fishing trip. We've got a lot of flooded river go. around us and which is opening up fields and creeks that we weren't able to get to previously so we we're able to motor down the river open up onyx and then figure out okay well this is a slough now we can get back up into and we had a great time that's cool i yep. saw you guys had some luck there too didn't yeah you? yeah it was it was nice with the flooding we've been we've not been able to get out on the river but it finally came down just a little bit enough for it to be safe and we, this is a legit question if the river gets out which is a public waterway and it goes over a private field like what's the how's that How's that govern? Uh, the legality of that. Yeah. Like, Are you uh, trespassing? So, so typically there's something called riparian rights where where you, you can, uh, as a floater, you can access a port, like a riverfront, but only from the river. But I don't know about, about floodwaters. When it goes beyond that, you would think you're over private property. You're still private, right? Yeah. That's yeah, what I would so. think. But it's, it's, it's the river, you know. It's, it, I would it, err on the side of caution. So yeah, de- definitely. The, the, the slew that we focused <laughs> <laughs> right, so we got in a fan boat come out and get you. We were on uh, uh, Missouri Department of Conservation property. And, and the place where we were is typically like a place where they plant agriculture fields for dove hunting and uh, we we're able to- but you're still over mdc grant oh yeah yeah definitely still public yeah but and, and there's just the sheer factor of you just don't want to put like you don't want to put a landowner in a bad situation right well, of course the, yeah it is a legit question though I'd, it'd be nice to see yeah, their I, definition I, I, of that i, I don't know my assumption would be that it's still private yeah my, my, yeah my gut too you know that's a uh Good jumping off point, just in general, talking about the amount of flooding. We're sitting here in the beginning of June when, as we're filming this podcast. And, you know, I know the Midwest in general has just been peppered, you know, and like, for instance, where my farm is with dad up near Kirksville or Clarksville, Missouri, it's like 11 feet under. And it was only, I think they crested, it was like six inches away from the 93 record flood levels. So it's been just nonstop. It's been a horrible, horrible spring. And, and, and a lot of yeah. people don't have their crops in. Did you see that Greg Glessinger oh, yeah. post? I did. About the amount of crops that like 25% of the corn's in and you know, 75 isn't or something like yeah. that. Now, there's a lot of guys rolling right now, but uh, crops are going to be late. 
Corn prices are bumping up a little bit. They were historically low. Now they're coming back a little bit. But and you know all this flood water water's going downstream. Right, Talk it's to going somewhere. Bobby Culbertson down there and our friend down in the in the Delta, and he said it's just unbelievable. He said in ten years, he said I've seen two one hundred year floods, a five hundred year flood, and a thousand year flood in ten years down there in the Delta because all of the man made levees yeah. are just taking all that yeah. water and they're they're standing there with the catcher's mitt every time. And he said their deer have been on the levees for four months. They can't get into terror or anything. He said, they're just dying out there on the levees. All the weak ones are dead. Last year's fawns are all dead. Oh, man. This year's fawns are being aborted. He said, we will have two years whole in the herd because there there are no fawns. He said, it is is dreadful. And they're in a CWD zone down there, so they can't feed them. You know, so they're just, those deer are just out there on the levee dying. And they've been on there for four months. It's horrible. And there's no relief in sight, you know. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. And and, and you think about people that are being displaced and businesses that are being shut down. Livelihoods. Yeah, in in a lot of ways, these are inconveniences for us, but they are they're they're life changing events for a lot of people. Absolutely. Lives depend on the river and the agriculture. The farmers are just getting hammered. I mean, between the prices and the flooding and the weather, tariffs. They're just yeah, everything. They're really getting hammered right now. Well, and one of my friends over on the Illinois side did a post and she was like, if you see someone on the, le- some, some yay who was up on a levee with a, with a four wheeler and just ripping it up, people need to realize those levees are, are saving they're people's fragile. lives and properties. And, and they're, so, fragile. they're fragile. Yeah. They, and so they breach all the time. We had one just South. So my lease is kind of near Ellsbury and, and we have a good friend uh, that has a duck club right across from my lease basically and and it the levee broke just north of him and it flooded you know within a couple hours on the illinois side no no over on the missouri side john yeah Yeah, he was just sending me pictures all ago yeah how bad it is yeah so it's it's a sad deal and you know like you said a lot of people's livelihood and lives in general are at stake you know some people kind of being stubborn and not moving and it's holding sad. their ground and it's sad. It's just, it's brutal. So, you know, the inconveniences for us is, oh, we didn't get to plant this or plant that for a deer. It's a, a much bigger things at stake for more people than us. Think of the crop in general. If, if farmers decide to take preventative planting from their planting from their uh, insurance provider, their crop insurance provider, think of the crops in the Midwest, which is the winter food source that won't be there. And all of a sudden you reduce winter food source by say, 50% or 40%, mm-hmm. you know, what effect will that have on the herd? If this wet pattern stays through winter, like the ramifications are much larger yeah. than just the here and yeah. now. If you have a tough winter, you, you have are- a tough winter without the food source sitting there in the fields because they took preventative planting, planting, or they didn't get it in at all yeah. because it was too wet. Yep. You know, there's a lot of food that won't be on the ground yeah, for the my, deer. The farmer at my lease, he's, I, they don't have anything in yet. And it's like, you're getting to the point where they're getting to that. It's going to be too late here soon, you know, because it's just going to shut off at some point. Dad's been mm-hmm. talking about that cumulative for the year. And I forget what was that, that he shared with us at his farm in Kirksville, how high he was on his cum for the year. And he's like 10 inches over normal for the year. Well, that's going to eat up throughout the year. Yeah. Right? His point was, look, it stops at some point. You're not going to be 10, 20 inches over at the end of the year. You're going to be status quo probably. Yeah. You know, and 
and I hate to be the doomsday here, but the worst EHD, outbra- EHD outbreaks through history are the wet, wet springs followed by a dry fall or dry summer and dry oh, fall. Sure. Yeah. Because you create so many more puddles yep. and then you create more mud when that recedes and there's the midge hatches record and then more, more, uh, more EHD follows because they're the, the, you know, the Carrier. thing that carries it. Yeah. So what? it's a, uh, you know, we're, we're setting up for a bad pattern here. And, and our mind is going to deer hunting because that's the next thing we've had a couple really rough years for turkey reproduction sure. here in Missouri. And that's, this is, this, this bad. is not going to help the it's not helping them at all. Yeah. So. All those flooded areas, they're, they're done, you know? Um, it's, it's just not good. And we needed a hatch in the worst way. Yeah. Like bird numbers are way down. Yet, I think Missouri had another record harvest. I don't know how, because everywhere I go, man, the numbers are down. Yeah. I, that, that was a strange number for me to hear. The numbers were so good. I don't know if it's just people. I, I don't get that. Oh, Everybody I, I talk to says the same it thing. It was tough. It was tough. Numbers are down. Where's the turkeys? Where's the turkeys? And yet, you know. Yet the, the numbers are still up in terms of harvest. And you wouldn't think it's because there's more people hunting. You, you know what I mean? That, I think they're better at it. You know, mm-hmm. they're sitting longer, figuring out what the decoys yeah. and all that stuff is available. Um, but I, I don't get it. I, I personally would, would love to see Missouri go to a one bird spring. I, I would, love to, I would year, love to yeah. see Nebraska go to a one or two. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a lot of these states, you know, curve that limit, you know, because tur- turkey numbers are just down everywhere. Dad, dad and Forrest uh, has, has producer and, and farm farm manager they didn't even kill a bird in missouri they hunted you know off you know the whole season not hardcore every day but the best yeah. you know the most of it mm-hmm. didn't even kill a bird so it was oh, just yeah. tough and then this is why i didn't kill a bird sure tim i'm just trying to think ahead being a conservationist and a game keeper. yeah you're looking for you're wanting yours to be a little older next year oh yeah you want some age on those birds <laughs> well you better not tell michael waddell that <laughs> he had a rant about it that went viral <laughs> About aging turkeys. Yeah. You know, the, the other, we, we talk about these issues and they have kind of, they magnify down the line. If you have lower game populations, you have lower success rates typically in hunters, which means you have a harder time recruiting more hunters because it's just harder and people are less likely and willing to go out. And that, that just continues to magnify the issues that we have. And can we be any more pessimistic? This is the worst podcast ever. This is the pessimistic podcast. (laughs) You guys want to talk about ailments next? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at you, Tim. (laughs) No, I'm done with that. (laughs) No, but you know, we, Mark, you know, you were gone on the Turkey tour. How many States did you hit while you were out? Nine States. How many birds, you know, do you think between you and Wade or, you and your guests roughly? Uh, not enough. It's <laughs> always my padded answer, right? But yeah. what we try to do, and, I, and I've done this for years, like if I'm on an area and I'm hearing five, six birds and we kill a turkey there or two, mm-hmm. I try to never kill like 50% of what yeah, I think. Kill them out. I try to kill about a, a quarter or a third. And if I'm not hearing birds there, yeah. you know, even like in Missouri, we had a neighbor kill three longbeards right next to one of my main farms. We just pulled it off the table, quit hunting there, you know, because I, I'm, I manage turkeys harder than I do deer in terms of overall volume. Like if the numbers are down, mm-hmm. I, you know, I stay the heck out of there. So I'm trying to get access on more ground, working with a few more people. So, you know, up there in North Missouri, I'm probably mm-hmm. hunting 10,000 acres and I'm doing the same in Iowa just to spread it out and take a turkey here, a turkey there, a turkey here and, and not be so aggressive on them. But it, it was a, it was a good spring from a video standpoint, but we spread the love now. I mean, yeah. we were 
really careful with our population. And clarify that 10,000 acres. That's a, that's friends. And that's, you know, you're knocking on doors or whatever, oh, yeah. you, you know, yeah. whoever, however, to get access into that ground. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah big time. Turkey leases. A lot of guys deer hunt that they don't, they don't turkey hunt. Right. Hey, can I yeah. lease it just for the spring? Absolutely. Uh, working with a couple different outfitters up there, you know, so non-typical and RJ, they both working with me on, on turkey hunting, you know, and supporting those guys deer operations by allowing us some turkey access. Yeah. Really so, helps. So before we move over to what you're thinking about with deer season, what was your favorite moment or favorite hunt from turkey season? Well, there are a bunch, man. And I'd favorite probably where where I ended in Oregon. That was just so cool. Probably Bruce's that last the last kill of the year. That's the one that's you know most recent on my mind. But in all honesty, it was the prettiest place I've ever seen a turkey come strutting yeah. in and, and get killed. Bruce Pettit from Leopold. Bruce Pettit from Leopold. He's the yeah. president and CEO, and we just had a blast up there. And uh, it was just. It was cool. Well, we were up there with Bo Brooks, who I had never met Bo before. I heard he was a competitive caller. The guys like Billy Argus and Matt Van Sice together, and he's out there in the Mountain West. I mean, he was incredible. I didn't even call. I just listened to him. It was it was like a going to a concert for me. How different was it hunting turkeys in Oregon from the Midwest? Not a lot different other than the terrain will kick your butt. You know, yeah. I mean, when you hear a bird and you have to get to him, well, that's that's a consideration you have to think through <laughs> in the Midwest. You just go. Yeah. Right there you go. Oh, <laughs> maybe we can, you know, go, you know, so uh, that was different. But they acted the same and reacted the same. And it, it was it was a blast and so beautiful. That's cool. That, that's a question I've wanted to ask you because I hear people say like, well, you know, you should try to come hunt turkeys out here because they're a totally different animal. And. I've wondered if it that. could be a rabbit. It could be a squirrel. There's going to be somebody always say, say that yeah. same thing. You should come out here and hunt the, these. It's different. There are differences more often just from terrain or, or often roosting habit habits change the flock. In other words, if you go to Texas, they're all roosted in the same damn place. Right. And then they spread out from there. So a little bit later in the day is better. Right. In the Midwest, well, they can roost wherever they want to, because there's plenty of roost trees sure. where there are limited roost trees or known roost. You do hunt them a touch different where the rooster spread out, you know, then it's into the more of the Eastern type game. But by and large, turkeys are turkeys are turkeys. And you, my tactics don't change a whole heck of a lot. In Oregon, I assume there's plenty of roost trees then. Plenty. Yeah. Yeah. They, in abundance. There you would see the flock kind of fo- follow each other. They would be in this canyon one day. The next day they might be over in kind this of like canyon. like a herd elk or whatever. A little bit. Like they can hear each other and they all kind of float together. It's, you know, and these are huge canyons, but there's canyons that had a bunch of birds one day and the next day they were. It was vacant and you had to go find them somewhere else. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of us in the Midwest have had experiences where we've called in coyotes while turkey calling. I just wonder how different it is when you're hunting in an area where there are larger apex predators like mountain lions and bears. Do you have to worry about? I, I never gave it any consideration, probably just being dumb, you know, but I, I didn't <laughs> give it any consideration. Yeah. Bo wasn't worried about it. And the guys that lived there weren't. So hell, you had I a gun. Yeah. Got a gun. So, <laughs> but uh, they, they are so aggressive on their predators out there. It's, it's one of the reasons their turkey population is so strong. Now that was the, the exception to the rule in terms of turkey numbers this spring, Oregon has a bunch right there okay. where I was. And, and they just keep hammering their coyotes. They killed like 700 off their ranches oh, this year. Wow. How and many acres is that? 50,000. Yeah, it's a big, big, it's a big spot. ranch, but they just pound them, pound them, pound them Unreal. from the air. A lot of same, same type methods that you see in Texas, Texas a lot of places. Sure. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. But our, our issue in the Midwest, not only is wet weather, but just nest predation. That's what's smoking us. Yeah. The coon population, Coons. in my, my opinion, smoking us. Yeah, no doubt. So are your trail cameras out? Already for Not your yet. season? Late when, July. When does it, okay. Let them grow and <laughs> figure it out then. <laughs> I wait till they're done and you know what they're going to look like, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, and you run so many cameras, it's it, you're kind of wasting some effort and energy there in and, June. And and batteries, you know? Yeah. It's like you only have so much battery life. Sure. Out of, and the energizers are awesome, the lithiums, but still and yet, why let them yeah. burn up on something that I don't find overly, you know, helpful? Yeah. It, it's not like you're patterning them in June really anyways. You no. know what I mean? What are you learning? No, they're going to switch and change. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's cool if you want to get out there and, you know, get some pictures or whatnot, but you know, you put some analogics out, which we can't do in Missouri, but Iowa still can spread it out, put a camera over it in mid July, let it run for three weeks. You're going to get them all. Yeah. yeah. Like that supplement gold is, is, is gold for getting inventory of your big, big bucks. I got bucks last year. In summer, over supplement gold that I didn't get again till the rut over a scrape, man. I yeah. mean, they, they come to it and they just, those big old deer, there's just certain things they won't do. And going in front of a camera is really difficult during the summer because they don't move very much. Yeah. Put some supplement gold out and watch what happens if you can do it. Okay. So for those of us that can't, you know, I know like Terry's farm in Missouri, he can't put any yep, supplement I can't. out. You can't. I still can on my property, um, you know, further south of Missouri, but Illinois, I Obviously, we cannot. Mm -hmm. So, what what are some good tips? You know, once July hits, what are you looking for? You know, in your Missouri place to put out your cameras. You know, if there's a certain buck that I'm trying to find, I'll put more cameras in that area, and I I hit access trails to food sources. The same trails that you see them use during the fall hit those trails. You know, a field I might monitor it with one camera in the in the rut because they're moving more. In the summer, I might put three there to catch all the trails because they just don't move very far. The other place that I get a lot of really good summer pictures. And this happens generally about early August to mid-August when they start to, you know, mess with licking branches and whatnot. I get a lot of good pictures of giants on really known wagon wheel hub scrapes. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of nice pictures. They won't hit it a lot, but they will hit it. And you'll, you'll get some giants hitting those scrapes early. Uh, Dad talks about that a lot as well. He, yeah. he, he's got, he keeps his cameras out. And so he's got them on the hub scrape all year. Yeah. You know, but and it's uh, amazing how often they come to him. Yeah. It's kind of a phenomenon that people just think about during the rut. Sure. You know, they, they just yeah. think scrapes during the rut, but they, they, scrape they use them year round. They yeah. do. And you can, you can help that because you get so much growth in the summer, go in there and brush hog just the right little spot with a little funnel going into that scrape put your camera right there and then they'll all walk that path coming to it and stuff literally it's just cool. lower it right in that spot kind of get it down yeah there to the dirt and, and get an access path coming to it it's pretty cool they're like people they just easy like the, yeah, yeah. Least resistance lazy for sure <laughs> they are they're a bit lazy so you know we talked about the flooding you know this this time of year obviously you wade and chase and your guys forest for terry that they're out working on the farm every day, trying to do the best they can. When it's raining so much, what do you got them doing or what are they, what are they thinking ahead towards? You know, it, it was so wet for a while. I just said, go, go vacate, <laughs> go have fun, you know? Yeah. And then what are you going to do? You're, you're on the farm, you're making ruts and stuff like that. So there's stuff that we do from a maintenance standpoint with equipment, um, you know, working on box blinds, tree stands, trimming roads out. There are certain wet day projects that we have or working with camera work, that type of stuff. But it, it gets tough when you're wet for sure. a long period. Is, is there a particular 
food plot that you would like for, for a guy that maybe is going to be planting late, super saturated ground at this point, they're looking to maybe salvage their food plots for this coming year. Is there anything that you would recommend for them to plant? Well, I don't know when this is going to air, but you know, I try to get my beans in no later than late June corn, early June. And that's still kind of late. I like ideally to put my corn in there in Southern Iowa, Northern Missouri by the 5th of the 10th of May beans. I like them in the ground by the 20th or 25th. Well, we had it all in and about 70% of it made and 30% didn't. So we're replanting some stuff. We're replanting some fields to corn. Some of them are so wet, it looks like they're going to go to beans. Um, you know, clover is always my go-to. You know, sure. if I have an area that I'm worried about and I know I want a green field there, I plant it ahead of time into clover so that clover is really resi resilient. Once it establishes a root system, it's going to come out every year. It's pretty amazing if it gets water. Just got to maintain it. Got to maintain it. it. Got to spray it. Got to mow it. Yeah. Mow it high. Don't mow it low. Always mow clover 10 inches or higher and then spray, the, you know, handle the weeds in the grass with chemicals, not, not the mower. Because people mow it and it looks pretty, but if you take it too short, you're exposing more sunlight to the ground. Well, part of the magic of clover is it'll shade out weed and, <laughs> and sure. grass competition. So you need to let it hide during the summer because it's going to go dormant anyway, generally. Yeah. So what's next for them? I mean, we're sitting as we're filming here at beginning of June. You know, I assume you still got a lot to put in, right? Yeah, we've got some stuff to put in and some road work to do. We got a lot of erosion that we got to tend to and a lot of tree stand work trimming and brush cutting. And I mean, it never ends yeah. I mean, yeah. every week and mother nature will throw you another curveball, And then the plan is one thing and it deviates by Wednesday or yeah, something else, sure. you know, so it, uh, it's ever changing. Do you have a muley hunt on the calendar for this year? Back to Alberta. Okay, great. With big Corey. Cause going like, home. Cause, cause going last, home. last year was a, was kind of a buy year. Right? I deviated from that and, and went out, uh, in, into Utah and saw this most amazing country out there with my now at that time was Taylor's fiance. He's now my son-in-law. See how that works. It was her fiance. It's now my son-in-law. <laughs> you own but <laughs> anyway, I went with Austin and just had a blast, missed a giant. I felt bad. I, I screwed it up, shot over the back of a 190. He did an amazing job, but wild country is just beautiful. Oh man, Matt killed a giant elk out there. That, that, up there, that 200 and whatever, 30 some thousand acres in Utah is just one of the prettiest places I've ever it's seen. It's unreal. It's unreal. And you, I mean, you're on this ranch and you're, you're, you know, you'll go for miles and miles. There's no road, you know, they got their road system internally, Yes, you know, uh, two track, but there's no one Wilderness. anywhere. It, it's as close. The only thing that I can compare it to that I've personally been to is we, we took a cruise up through Alaska and get into some of the right. remote places mm. and, and there's just nothing there. Yeah. The, that was, it was like that. You weren't even hearing planes fly over, you know, which right. you can't do here in the Midwest. You're always hearing dogs or sure. planes or something. And it was just, it was you and nature. And, and it was beautiful to see something like that. I want to be Pretty clear amazing. that we, we, we love dogs. Yes. We're not complaining about dogs. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you hear dogs them Dogs are good. <laughs> you hear them a lot. In fact, when I hear them coming, I smile. It's like, oh, the dogs yeah, are here we <laughs> I got treats. I got biscuits. Come here, boys. <laughs> so. Uh, well, good. Yeah. Well, you know, we want to just, you know, we, we, Mark's been out so long, so months long and months. <laughs> yes. That we want to <laughs> jump on and kind of see how the Turkey tour went. Let's talk fun. about uh white tail season. It's upon us. Uh, It'll be here before we know it. That's kind of the crazy part is realistically, you know, it's here. <laughs> it's, it's basically here. Yeah. You'll blink and 
it'll be September. Yeah. So for sure. All I the am, final plans. Are, I'm so excited for it. It's, it's hard. Like, cause you just get so excited so early and we've got a couple months before we open up here in Missouri. But this year, I think I'm going to, I'm going to start applying for an Iowa tag, you know, maybe two or three years, get it, but I'm excited about the potential of hunting Iowa. Yeah. Well, so you did apply for it. I'm going to. It expired. I was going to no. say, yeah, you're done. <laughs> At least I have had something it marked to think on my about. calendar and. Yeah, I have, I have applied way last, ahead for next year. Yeah, I've applied for the last two, you know, so hopefully, was it three or four that you usually to get? Bow or gun? Bow. Uh, three or four. Yeah, so I'm, I'm it's the long play. Yeah. But no I have doubt. never put in until recently. I was invited by, by one of our team members, so start putting in a couple of years ago. For sure. Excited, but, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I've been, because of the flooding, my, literally the two farms that I hunt are basically, the one is, 11 feet under and since we bought it it's been under like there's only been like two or three months in a year where it's not been underwater just it's been tough timing to say the least it's not kind of underwater it's It's, way under it's way under and you can't even get close to it and then the other piece that i hunt it's on high ground but but even that like right now you can't get to so i've just really struggled getting excited about the season yeah and i know you know from shed season we we got a couple good bucks on the lease that i would be excited for but i'm having a hard time getting over the hump of literally i'm sitting on my thumbs there's nothing to do (laughs) right now for those two pieces so you literally have a lot of river bottom it's not the worst just staying out sometimes yeah. is the best plan anyway That's true. yeah yeah lack of intrusion well the year that we put the most effort into the least is the year that we ended up seeing the least so i think there was a lot to be said for that like Less by is more by mid-season you know you, you guys always say that and i just never really had a piece to to work on and you you told me that over and over and so is dad and it's like oh i had to learn that one the hard way we were in here way too much so it, it definitely right. affects them i mean yeah they just they just get around us you yeah know, and they just go over here they go where they're not being bothered yeah sure so anyhow but i got a new piece over in illinois hopefully that i'm gonna go check out this week and and hopefully we can uh, make some plans for over there as well. So it's exciting. You know, the piece that Terry and I had been hunting got just hammered with EHD a few years in a row. And, and yeah. I think during shed season force went over there and he was walking and found something like 13 or 15 yeah. dead bucks and pretty close. It, it wiped it out. So we're, you know, both Terry and I are kind of on the, we're looking <laughs> for, for new spots to go. Uh, Cause Illinois is a big play for us, obviously mm-hmm. as close as we are to that line. Sure. So yeah. anyhow, it's time to get figure it out though. Yeah. Yeah. Season is drawing near. Well, why don't we shut this thing down, guys? If folks want to submit a question for the show, go to dreyoutdoors.com slash podcast and click the send voicemail message. You can also subscribe to the show any place podcasts are listened to. You can also find us on YouTube if you want to see what we look like. I feel I, bad for you I, if you I, want to feel but here's the reason you should go to YouTube. The the team here, the studio, they're constantly putting up awesome new videos. Every week we got new videos going in and the content is really, really solid. I it's mean it's stupid. We've in the last three, four years have really, really the team here has put you know, a no lot doubt. of effort into growing our channel and there's it's robust. And so any of that content, you can also see a deer cast as well. So pretty cool. Uh, but the other couple things you want to keep in mind, we have a few cool promotions going on. So the first one I'll talk about PSC is giving away a hunt with us 
SOE hunts this fall down in South Texas, a trophy hunt. And all you got to do is go to PSEsummershootout.com, mm-hmm. put in your email address, and you're automatically signed up. They got some really cool uh, deals going on with their bows right now. I think $100, $150 off on a couple of their bows. So check out the deals they got going on right now. And then the other one, the big one for us is obviously it's our 30th anniversary. We're giving away a farm, 60 acres, North Missouri. We're putting in all the work, all the effort, and it's turnkey, baby. When we give this thing away in late December, we're going to draw a winner in December. It's we're going to hand over the deed and you're going to be set and ready to hunt in 2020. It's all yours. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Whoever wins it. Yep. Pretty awesome. So this week, this month is the lacrosse boot and waiter package from our friends at lacrosse footwear. Yeah. Next month is a uh, muddy penthouse blind on a 10 foot tower. Crazy. The monthly prizes are ridiculous. And and John Gross is the guy that he's from Wisconsin. He won this, the last, uh, the last month's prize pack, which was the Morel target lineup. He was like, I never win anything. I, I I didn't believe everybody says that (laughs) I was going to win this, but I, I went ahead and threw my hat in the, my name in the hat. And here I am with, that's the point. Targets. You got a good chance. That's right. Sign yeah. up. So you just got to go to the DeerCast app, download it or update it if you don't have it. And uh, it's easy. Hit the farm giveaway tab. One, two, three. You're signed up. Yeah, baby. All right. Let's All right. close this thing out. Let's do it. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thank Peace. you.